For in him all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. And he's before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Whew, hallelujah. Does anybody know his name? Would you say it a little louder? Jesus. I'm going to talk to you a little while today from this subject, and then Terry will be up in just a few minutes. My part is called Intentionally Infinite. Now, you guys look really smart and astute and educated. I'm from Arkansas. Well, I thought that would be funny, uh, saying that y'all were educated and we're not. So there you go. We do have a lot of family up there, though. And um, uh, if I thought I needed to break that down today and, and make it easier, I would say big enough on purpose. See, he's big, but he's not just big because he can be. He's big, but he's not just big because he wants to be bigger than everybody else. He's big on purpose because he wants you to know that whatever you drug in from the parking lot in this building today and whatever's going on in your life today, there's nothing he can't deal with. He's large and in charge and huge. And I don't care if you've been depressed out of your mind all week. He's got the answer for it here this morning. And it doesn't matter if you got that phone call you didn't want to get. He's on duty this morning. And if the doctor told you something you didn't want to hear, he's the great physician, and he's in his house today. So he's big. He's large. He's in charge. There's nothing he can't do. And the devil would like for you to come in the doors with your shoulders down and your lip out and sucking your thumb and thinking that it's all over. But you know what I read in the Bible? There's nothing that will happen to you that's not common to man. Well, that kind of knocks the blocks out from us when we're wanting to feel like we're the worst one. That's what the devil does to me. probably doesn't do that to you. But when I'm having a problem, I figure I, this is the worst problem anybody's ever had. Why me? But my Lord Jesus is on the throne today. He wants to get up in every aisle and between every row of chairs. He wants to lay his precious hand on you today. He wants his faith to flow through you today. He wants his word to saturate every pore of your body and get in where you are. He's a great way maker and a great producer. So every one of those statements I read to you from verse 15 to 19 are exclusive. We're not talking about just anybody. We're talking about Jesus and him alone. They are true of him. He's to have first place in everything I read you. He, no one else is the image of the invisible God, and no one else is the firstborn of all creation, and no one else is the creator of all things, heaven and earth, and no one else can be 
visible and invisible in both worlds, and no one else sits over the thrones and dominions and principalities and authorities of all men. No one else can say they're before all things. Yeah, I'm telling you, the evening and the morning were the first day. Somebody had to be outside of time and outside of this world to get it done. Boy, I'd love to preach to you about the eternal Word of God, maybe some other time. No one else holds things together. No one else is the head of the body, the church. No one else is the beginning or the firstborn. No one else has the fullness dwelling in them except Jesus. It's exclusive. There's no one like Him. We just come to lift Him up because if we can get Him exalted and getting you to believe it, and letting faith in His Word and His power loose in His house today, there's no telling the miracles that are going to happen, the healings that are going to happen. People will receive the Holy Ghost, receive their sight. Because in Him all things are possible. It's available today. No waiting list. No waiting list. Boy, I come against all that stuff. If I'm supposed to have this, I guess I'll die with it. Well, good gracious. Everybody's going somehow if the Lord don't come. You know, our old mentor, Brother Barnes, we were talking about him a while ago. He and Terry were really great friends. And he'd call every little bit and tell her to come down. He wanted to talk Bible with her. That was a wonderful thing. When he got ready to die... He was 96. He called her and he said, I'm fixing to die. She said, oh, no, I didn't even know you were sick. Well, I'm not. <laughs> it was just time. He went to the hospital to take his last few breaths, not sick, and entered into the joy of the Lord. Boy, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things possible to us in Jesus today. Because what you have in the birth of Jesus Christ is a Savior who is God in human form. You know all of this, but I'm just refreshing your mind today. God entered our sin-polluted world and didn't get polluted by the sin. He took our guilt. He bore our grief. He carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. Come on now. Raised for our justification, ascended to intercede, and has gone to prepare that place for us. That where he is, we're coming to be with him. Emmanuel, God with us, intentionally infinite. Any way you look at it, if God were to come in the world as a man, he'd come out Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Jesus Christ is the exact reproduction of the invisible God. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ makes the invisible God visible. Whew, hallelujah. We're not dealing with a man or not just a great man or not just a great teacher. We're talking about the creator and the sustainer. Sustainer. You know, a lot of us understand the Creator. We believe that first book of the Bible. But I've come to tell you that there's more to it than that. Whatever He creates, He sustains. The reason the sun's still out there is because He created and He sustains it. The reason the oxygen mixture is still good for us humans on this earth is because He created it for us and He's sustaining it for us. And I'm just telling you, you are His creation made in the image of that invisible God. You, you, you are his prized possession. So if he made you, he's going to sustain you. And nothing that hell has to offer can get in the way of my God taking care of you. He's going to take care of you. 
Pastor and I were talking in the office. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. He's your way maker. Your check is not your provider. Your God is your provider. He's your... Come on, your doctor is not your healer. I'm not against doctors, but God's your healer. Call his name in faith believing. And all things are possible to them that believe. Good gracious. He's before all creation. And in him it all hangs together. I, all I've known is Pentecostal church all of my life. My dad was a traveling evangelist, I guess, when I was born. And uh, that's kind of all I know. And when I was little in that travel trailer <laughs> that I was raised in, I had records, and one of them said he's got the whole world in his hand. He's got you and me, brother, in his hand. Sound like some of you were raised in that same spot with me. You, you, yeah. It all hangs together because of his word. Oh, if I could preach to you about the power of that word. Oh, my goodness. Well, all right, let, let's move on. How many are in school? I mean, I know not today, but you, you know, you're, you're in school somewhere. Could I see your hand? Hold it up. I can't, I can't. Well, yeah, that kind of explains a lot. <laughs> no. Um, how many have ever been to school? Well, that's pretty good. How many never going back? So help you God, you're not going. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what's wrong with LSU right there. And uh, anyway, um, the in, I want to take you to a little quick science class, okay? Maybe junior high. Can't anybody remember that far back. I want to I want to tell you something that that you learned or that that I learned the entire cosmos the entire material universe I'm trying to just build your faith here for a few minutes because I want you to know how big God is and I'll never be able to convince you but I'm going to give you something maybe you haven't thought of if you could bore a hole in the sun and start dumping earth into the sun you would have room for 2,200,000 Earths and 4,300,000 moons with it. That sun is 6,000 degrees on its surface. The core of the sun is 24.5 million degrees. And the photosphere of the sun, that's like if you went out to take a picture, you know you're just getting one little slice of one side of the circle, right? So that photosphere of the sun is 863,704 miles wide or the same width as 109 Earths side by side. Boy, I love it when somebody says, wow, that's a reward for looking all that up on Wikipedia. Speed of light. Does anybody know the speed of light? Go ahead. Y'all have any silver stars or gold stars or something we could put right on that man's forehead? He's right. He's right. 186,000 miles per second. Snap your finger. 
One snap at that speed and light has circled our globe seven times. I'm just telling you, don't be worried about your migraine. Come on now. I don't care what the man in the long white coat came out with a long face and told you. I'm just telling you, you're in the presence of one this morning that is large. He thinks large. He is large. He makes a way when there is no way. He isn't worried about limitation or perimeters. He knows no limitation. There's not a disease he can't handle. There's not a situation he can't walk into. There's not a marriage he can't fix. Come on now. He can do it. All right, real quick, because I've got to hurry and give way here. Let's take a little trip at the speed of light. You remember what that was? 186,000 miles per second. You know, I'm a little familiar with 80 MPH. A little. I was familiar with it last night, if you have to know the truth. But 186 miles per, 186,000 miles per second. So buckle down, let's take a little trip and see where we can go at that speed because I've just come to tell you that if you're sitting back there and the report wasn't good, it's going to get good today because there is a God large enough. Woo, good gracious. Yeah, at 186,000 miles per second, Venus is only 26 million miles away and we could be there in two minutes. Mm. Mars is 34 million miles away, and we could be there in 4 minutes and 21 seconds. Mercury is 50 million miles away. It would take 4.5 minutes at the speed of light at 186,000 miles per second. Would you smile at your neighbor and tell him, yeah, he's big. Yeah. Jupiter is bigger than 1,000 Earths. It's 367 million miles away. And at the speed of light, it would take 35 minutes and 11 seconds to do that 367 million miles away. Saturn is 790 million miles away. It would take an hour. Speed of light. Uranus is 1,608,000,000 miles away. Neptune is 3 billion miles away. Pluto's past all of that. Hey, and you're just out on God's back porch. Don't you think that all that's out there is what Hubble can see? I mean, our telescopes can only see what they can see. That don't mean that's where God's creation ends. Ah, hallelujah. One more little bit. Would you say Beetlejuice? Have you ever said that in church before? Well, it, there's a star named Beetlejuice. It's 880 quadrillion miles away. The diameter of Betelgeuse is larger than the entire uh, um, rotation of our Earth's galaxy. There are 175 billion galaxies that we know of, and each one has a trillion stars. There you go. Who said that? Yeah, he's big. Good, you're getting it. Good, good. If you could count every, if you could count a star every second, it'd take you three thousand years just to get out of our little galaxy. 
My Bible says, Pastor, that he created that. He flung it with his fingers. <laughs> One time in creation, he just goes, wham, and everything I've told you about now clicked into place is still there because when he creates he takes care of and when he says let there be then he keeps it going good gracious had he been before it all he couldn't have created it all he's the cohesion he holds all things together by the power of his word he is the very principle of cohesion he makes it work a couple more little facts and then terry's coming the earth rotates around the sun at 66,700 miles an hour. Please understand that if we got off one fraction or one degree, we would either broil or freeze. He's got all that cooking just perfect. But can I tell you, apparently our little earth weighs 60 quadrillion tons. I do not know who weighed the earth. But it's got to be true because I Googled it. And it's on the Internet. So, mm. If the moon didn't stay precisely where it's supposed to be, the tides would cause the ocean to roll over the land mass twice a day. He's in charge. Now watch this. Pastor, he didn't die for a star. Woo. He didn't shed his blood for a galaxy. He didn't come to this earth to endure what he endured because there was some star out there. You are the prized piece of creation. You, you are the apple of his eye. You, you are what he gave it all up for. You, you're, you're his love. And I've just come to tell you, if he'll do all that stuff for inanimate creation, what do you think he'll do for somebody that's his breathing, living, bleeding child? He's living in you. Boy, faith is coming up in this place. Powerful right now. God is about to make a way where there is no way. Well, he spoke into nothing and created matter. Matter is piled up energy given form. Energy is anything that falls out of the mouth of God because he's life. And energy comes out of the mouth of God as sound and light. Oh, I keep passing exits that would be fun to stop and preach at. But I've got to wind this up by saying this. He made everything. He takes care of everything. He's in charge of everything. He's in charge of you. Your health is his concern. You hear me? He cares that you've got pain. He cares that you've got stuff in your life he cares that you're battling depression he he cares that the job situation's not good he cares when you when you're in distress and he's giving you this service today 
So let's do it like this. If I say something that you agree with, just shout amen, okay? A little exercise here. He made every river, ocean, stream, lake, pond, fishing hole, mud puddle, crawfish. I don't know what the season is, but I'm hoping I hit it. Okay. Roses, petunias, flowers, trees, bushes, oak trees, magnolias, redwood, dogwood, come on, willow trees, all the animals, vegetation, squash, tomatoes, bananas, collard greens. Fish, crappie, bluegill, bass. Come on, white perch, catfish, gar, octopus, shark, quail, seraphim, cherubim, all the host of heaven, all the gold, all the silver, all the diamonds, and all the oil we fight over. He made it all. So you're sucking his fresh air for free because he loves you. And he's in this house today because he wants to heal you and deliver you and set you free and make a way when there is no way. I've come to tell you, don't let the devil intimidate you. He don't even have the keys to his own house. My God has plundered him once and for all. Clap your hands to the Lord with a loud voice and shout his praises. What did I do? And he said, God spoke to his spirit and said, Son, let me tell you something. (laughs) I don't dwell in the universe. The universe dwells, breathes, and has its very being inside of me. And I'm going to tell you, if you can ever understand what he was just telling you about how big God is, there is nothing that you have drug in those doors today that my God can't take care of because he is large and in charge and he wants to take care of you. You know, here's the problem with us. We live in a world that is so full of negativity. Boy, I can get an amen on that, can't I? I mean, you all, some, there's some days you don't want to hear that phone ring. Now, the young people don't understand that yet. <laughs> they want their phone to ring. 
But there is some days because things have not been going well and you're waiting on things that are happening and you dread to hear that phone ring. And there are days when you walk out of a doctor's office and you you dread to go tell your husband or your wife or your family what you just found out. And there are times when you go to work and, no, Noah, you don't go to work. He's helping me preach. Noah's my buddy, and he's helping me preach today. But there are times when you go to work, and you walk in, and it's just been a bad run, and your boss is mad at you. And things are just not well. And you go home, and your spouse is not real happy with you either. Of course, that has never happened in our house. We did. We did. We've been married a long time. 39 years. 39 years. And if y'all believe there has never been a crossword, I have oceanfront property in Arizona. I will sell you right after church. Y'all get that one later on. But your boss is mad at you. Your spouse isn't happy with you. The kids come in and they go to their room and slam the door. The dog won't lick you. It's a bad day. It's a bad, and heaven forbid that you listen to the news. Because if you weren't depressed by then, just wait till you get through with about 30 minutes of that, and you, it, you are at the bottom of the barrel. Because it looks like in this world we live in that there is nothing but pressure and stress, and you try to pay your bills, and you try to take care of family, and you try to make relationships, and you try to find time for this, and you feel like you are running around in circles, and you're overwhelmed because it's the day we live in. But I have come to tell you that I have a God that is big enough to take care of the boss, that is big enough to take care of a family relationship, that is big enough to take care of a doctor's report, that is big enough to take care of any crisis that has come your way because he loves you. And you may be living in a world that is full of negativity, but when you walk into this place, please don't come in here like a drowned in rat on a sinking ship because God is here and he is able to take care of every need that you have he loves you he loves you so much when you look at the world that God has made now y'all live in south Louisiana I was born in Louisiana I may have to say that I live in Arkansas, but I am from Louisiana. And that is very true. (laughs) Just ask my daddy. He does not like it because I live in Arkansas. (laughs) He thinks Louisiana is the promised land and everybody should want to live in Louisiana. (laughs) I agree. I just have to, I'm I'm in a foreign country for a while, but maybe someday I'll get to come home. But when you don't live in South Louisiana, let me tell you, there really are four seasons. Now, I know y'all aren't real acquainted with them, but there are four seasons. And where we live, absolutely 
it's it's gorgeous. The the you know, we have a wonderful spring where all the flowers start blooming, and you look out at the colors that God made all that, and the forms and the shapes. Do you know why He did all that? It wasn't but just for His entertainment. He made this world and created it with the loving kindness that he did so that in the fall, the trees start turning the magnificent colors that they turn. And in the winter, we get snow that will blanket the crown and make everything look so clean and pure. And why did he do all that? Because he loves us. See, he could have made this world black and white and we would have never known any different. But instead, he painted the skies the color they are, and he placed the grass the way it is, and he produced the gorgeous trees that grow. Everything he did, he did in love with you in his mind. So when you walk into a place where his presence dwells, you've got to remember how much he loves you. See, our problem is we have been beat down so much with the negativity of the world and so much with the things that come against us that we forget that we serve a God that loves me unconditionally. Do you know there is nothing that you can do to make God love you any more or anything you can do to make him love you any less? He loves you. And here's what I'm trying to do. If I can ever get together the fact that God is intentionally infinite, but that God is also intentionally intimate, that he loves everything there is about you. He loves the hairs on your head. He counts them. See, I have, and I managed to get this in every sermon. I have four grandchildren and another one on the way. There's nothing more incredible than grandkids. I got a good amen right here. Noah, you with me on the grandkid thing? (laughs) I love my children and my grandkids so much. My husband says it is way overboard, and it may be. But there is nothing that those kids or grandkids want or need, that if I can provide it, I will break my back trying to do it because I love them. I want to help them. I want my children to be prosperous. I want them to walk in health. I want them to have good things. I want them to, you understand? Got any parents out there that love kids and want them to do well? Can I tell you that your heavenly father loves you so much more than you have ever imagined loving a child or a grandchild and he wants you to walk in health. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to have the good things in life. He does not want you to live in depression. He does not want you to wake up every morning and wish the world would just go away. He wants you to know he loves you and he's got you covered and if you will ever believe that he is as big as he is and then grasp the hold to the fact that he loves me like he does then you can have the faith to know that God 
tell you why I know it works like that. You see me here today, and you may know my family, you may know my history, you may think, yeah, she's just lived an incredibly blessed life, and that's why she can stand up there and proclaim that God takes care of everything. But that's not the case. Years ago, I was struck down with a terrible illness. In the first 30 days in the hospital, I coded out 27 times. Doctors did not know what was wrong with me. Nobody knew what was wrong with me. They couldn't, they couldn't isolate what it was, but all of a sudden, something would overtake my body and all my air passages would close down and my lungs would quit functioning and there would be no air and they would do tubes and then they would try to revive my heart. And I went through that 27 times in the first 30 days. Doctors finally came in and told my family, that we have isolated some kind of a viral thing. And from the best we can tell, it was something that was airborne that she inhaled. But it's a virus and it's lethal. And they said, we have been on the phone with the disease control centers. And they said that they have had reports of 13 other people across the United States that have also come down with this same thing. They said, but we have come to give you the grim news that out of the 13, 12 are already dead. And one is left as a young teenage boy, and he's waiting on a heart transplant because the virus will eventually destroy every organ in her body. I've been to the bottom. I've watched every doctor that walks in my room shake his head and say, there is no hope. There is no way out for you. There is nothing else you can do. The first three years, I was in the hospital more than I was home. Actually, at the local hospital where we lived, they kept my room for me. It was room 247 because they would let me go home from time to time, but I would only be able to sustain life at home for a couple of days, and they would have to rush me back to the hospital. This was three years back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, I didn't know what to do. Steve didn't know what to do. The doctors didn't know what to do. But here's what happened. After I had been ill for quite some time, my uh, internist who had trained at Bethesda Naval and tremendous doctor, he came in one day and he said, well, I've been in touch with all the research doctors and everybody that I can find that will talk to me. And he said, they all tell me, Terry, that you're going to die. This doctor happened to be a personal friend of mine, and he had he'd come in actually late one night, and it was just he and I there. And he said, I didn't bring good news, and I'm not even coming as your doctor. I'm coming as your friend to tell you there's no hope. And he said, Terry, please let go of, of what you're hoping for, because if you can accept the reality of death, it's going to be so much easier for your family. And he said, it'll just be so much easier for your church and for everybody if you will help us walk through this death process because I have nothing else I can do. I sat there and I was crying and he was crying. and I said, Doc, 
I still have to believe what the Word of God says. And it says that I'm healed. And he said, Terry, I don't know what you can believe in, and I don't know what, you're, what, what, what any of that is to you, but I'm telling you, according to your charts, there's no way out of this. By that time, all of my organs had started shutting down, and I ended up having major heart problems. Valve, the virus had gotten into the sack around my heart and started squeezing it, and the valves in my heart were popping, and there was just absolutely nothing less to do. He said, you're going to just have to accept it. And he walked out of that room that night. I cannot tell you the darkness that filled my room and the heaviness that I felt just laying over my whole body. And I knew it was the spirit of death. You know, when you get down to where there's nothing else left in life, when your family can't do anything for you, when a doctor can't get you out of your mess, when a lawyer cannot come up with an answer, when depression has so overwhelmed you, you can't hardly lift your head up off your pillow. When you are down that low, my friend, there's only one place to go because there's only one thing that can bring you from that point to this point, and it is the Word of God. And I have found out that the Word of God is greater than any sickness that has ever overtaken me. I have found out that the word of God is greater than any depression that has ever settled on me. I also found out that when Steve and I went flat broke and lost everything we had because of medical bills, that there is still a God that will provide for you. I have found out that I don't care what it is that has come against you. I know a God that is greater than any problem that you've ever had. He is big enough to take care of it. I'm going to tell you when things aren't financially sound, God is. You can forget your iPhone and your iPad and just look to the I am and you will find your way out of anything. You cannot Google your way out of depression. You cannot Wikipedia your way out of an illness. But I've got a God that can stand up in my life and can take care of my situation because he's big enough and because he loves me. Our faith will be tried at times. We'll tell you, God never promised me a path that was strewn with roses and an eternal 72 degrees. All he promised me is in a world that's full of strife and heartache and sickness and disease and problems that he would make a way where there was no way that he would overcome when it looked like there was no overcoming that he would make me a path when everybody else said that path is closed that's all I can tell you it works the word of God works let me tell you what I did after that doctor left my room that night and I was as low as a human being could possibly get I reached over on the nightstand of that 
hospital room bed. And I picked up this old Bible. I laid it on my chest. And I said, God, I don't understand what's happening to me. I have served you since I was five years old. I've not been perfect. I've had problems like everybody else. But I got the Holy Ghost when I was five. I was raised in a godly home. Got married. We evangelized. We pastored three different churches. We raised our kids in the church. We had given everything we had to the kingdom of God. And I still was laying in a bed dying. And I said, I don't understand. And I'm, I, I'm saying this because there's some people sitting in this audience today that have said the same thing to God. I've done all I know. I've given all I know. And I'm still stuck with this situation I'm in. And I asked God, and I, I don't advise doing this because I'm not telling you that it'll work for you. But I was desperate. And I told God, I said, please just give me something out of the scriptures that can sustain me. And I was just going to open my Bible and whatever was there, I was going to accept it. Now, please do not make that a doctrine. Because you may open your Bible and it said God killed a whole bunch of people. (laughs) And then you would not be so happy. But God was gracious with me. He knew my desperation. And he loved me. And I opened the word of God. And it fell open to this scripture in Jeremiah 29 and 11. And it has become my every waking moment thought. And here's all it says. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. And in my broken state. And in the state that I was in with no hope from anybody, when I read the word of God that said, I know the thoughts (laughs) that I think towards you, and I'm thinking, he's thinking about me. You know, if we're going to believe anything in the Bible, we have to believe everything in the Bible. So we have to believe this scripture. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. He was thinking thoughts of peace and not of evil to give me an expected end. And I'm thinking, okay, God, something's got to happen here because if you're thinking thoughts of peace, I am not on the same wavelength with you. (laughs) And I went and read the next verse, and it said, Then shall you call upon me. You'll go and pray unto me. And the next few words just rocked my world because it simply said I will hearken unto you and I was like okay God if I have stood on that word all my life I'm fixing to stake everything I've got on the word of God that if I call on you you're going to hearken to me and this horrible situation that I'm living in is going to become a peaceful situation that I'm living in and if it worked for me it'll work for you he is no respecter of persons this is not something that he loves me more than he loves you oh well you've worked for God so you have more more stars on your chalkboard or whatever he doesn't care about that he loves you where you are Everyone is evil, equal at the foot of the cross. Everyone. So I said, all right, 
So I picked the phone up, and I called my husband, bless his heart. My family had gone home that night to try to get some rest. I mean, we were months into me dying continually and having to be revived, and everybody was exhausted. And I told him, I said, baby, when you come back to the hospital in the morning, please bring me some magic markers and paper. Right. <laughs> Too much morphine in her system tonight. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> but he did. And he brought me the paper and the magic markers. And what he didn't know is I spent the rest of the night in the Word of God. I found every scripture I could find on healing, on faith, on deliverance, on overcoming, on whatever I could find that would feed my mind and spirit. And when he got there, I started writing. And I wrote scriptures on all those papers. And I asked him, I said, go down to the nurse's station and get some tape. And I'm telling you folks, we re-wallpapered that hospital room with the Word of God. Word of God was everywhere you looked. And I could see what my God was capable of doing. And then my dying spirit could look at the Word of God because it says the Word of God is life to my bones. It is life to my spirit. I am fighting the spirit of death. I may be fighting the spirit of depression. I may be fighting the fight crisis but the word of God has something I can find and I'm telling you I don't know what kind of problem you're going through but if you'll find a promise and park yourself on it God will meet you there his word will not fail his word will not come back void our problem is we quit believing it the trial gets so hard and the test gets so long and it extends over so long a period of time till we throw in the towel and say God doesn't care and it doesn't work. I honest to God believe we would see so many more miracles and healings if people would not give up. <laughs> well, when my poor little doctor friend walked in my room... The next morning, <laughs> he just stopped, and he looked around the room. He said, well, Terry, I see our talk last night didn't do much good. I said, that's where you got it wrong, sir. That talk last night did all the good because I have decided more than anything else, my God is greater than my problem and he is going to bring me out of this. And I, don't, I, I know you've got negative news this morning, but the word of God right there on my wall says, by his stripes, I am healed. The word of God right there says, the Lord thy God healeth thee. The word of God over here says, I can heal all manner of disease. You may not know the disease that's wrecking my body, but my God does. And he told me in this book that he would heal me. And I'm just a fool enough to believe it. <laughs> he was like, right. Okay, I'll be back in a little while. The nurse came next. And what I did not tell y'all, 
I had also put a sign on my door. I was tired of everybody coming in and crying and telling me goodbye. It was a nonstop stream of people hugging and crying and, oh, if we don't see you again, sister, we're going to see you around the throne. Well-intentioned. But let me tell you something. Jesus himself threw out the naysayers before he could get the miracle. And I knew that if I was going to have faith, stay steady in this heart. Because, see, all God requires is faith. You have faith in him and his word, and he'll meet you at your problem. But my faith was wavering. (laughs) I had told too many people goodbye. I had cried too many tears. I had listened to too much negativity. I I had had enough of that. And I just posted a sign on the door that said, If you can't come in this room with faith and believing, there's a hospital chapel. Go pray through and come back. That little nurse came in after reading that. Miss Terry, darling, you sure you won't leave that sign on your door? (laughs) Yes, ma'am, I do. She said, well, you have lots of company. I said, yes, ma'am, I know. (laughs) But I said, I am determined, as you can see by the walls in this room, that my God is greater. And here's what you've got to decide sitting in that pew this morning. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the doctor's report? Or are you going to believe what the Word of God says? Are you going to believe what a lawyer spoke to you? Or are you going to believe what a God says? Are you going to believe what an abuser told you when you were a child? Or are you going to believe what the Word of God says? Are you going to believe what a spouse that walked out on you said about you? Or are you going to believe what the Word of God says? Are you going to believe what a child that has just chewed you out and left and you hadn't heard from him in years? Or are you going to believe what the Word of God says? He says he can do it and he says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and I'm just a fool enough to believe it if God be for me who can be against me it's pure word and it works well let me make this quick because we got to pray for everybody Y'all can tell I like to preach. <laughs> Doctor came back. He said, you know what, Terry? i um been on the phone again. And he said, since you are fighting this so hard and not willing to die. Hello. He said, we have come up with a plan. Now, he said, this is not going to fix the problem. This is not going to heal you. This is not going to do anything. He said, actually, by the end of your life, this is going to be worse for you. But he said, this will give you a few more weeks, maybe a month or two. I had to sign all kind of waivers because it was very experimental. And They moved me back to ICU. I was in and out of ICU all the time. I just hated ICU because I couldn't be with my family. I'd beg until they'd put me back on the floor, and then the nurses on the floor were so scared I was dying all the time, they'd make me go back to ICU. It was this back and forth. They put me back in ICU, and he said, we're going to start a treatment, and he said, here's what we're going to do. 
we are going to pump your body so full of steroids. Now, I'm not talking a steroid shot or a pack of prednisone. I'm talking IV bags full of it for three days. We're going to pump you completely until your body is saturated with it because a virus cannot be controlled by anything. Antibiotics don't take care of viruses, nothing do. But steroids will suppress them. And so they decided if we could get this thing suppressed long enough to quit damaging all your organs that maybe you could live. But there were a lot of risks with taking that many steroids. I signed me up, and here's why. He may not come when I want him, but he'll be there right on time because he's an on-time God. And I, I didn't want to do steroids. I didn't want to do ICU, but I was waiting on my miracle. And so whatever I had to do to live long enough to get a hold of that miracle, sign me up. So they started it, y'all, in the first three weeks in ICU. I gained 52 pounds because all they did was continually they would do it for three days and they would take me off and as soon as they would take me off after a couple of days the virus would come back with a vengeance so they would have to put me back on the steroids and it was just back and forth then time goes on we're four years into the sickness now and one night I woke up literally screaming out of my mind in pain I didn't know what was wrong. I felt like my legs were butane tanks that were going to explode. I, I was literally out of control with pain. They rushed me to do bone scans, only to discover that what they had told me was going to happen did happen. And all the bones in my body had started fracturing and cracking and thinning. And they had given me so much steroids that it had got into my bone marrow. And my steroids make you swell. My bone marrow had started swelling, and it was popping my bones, and the pain was indescribable. So then started all the morphine, as much as I wanted, whenever I wanted, it didn't matter. Doctor said, you're on your way out. You can have as much as you want. I never remember my poor little mama. Y'all know my little mama, she's a little bit feisty. And she walked up to that about this tall. She walked up to that doctor one day in the hospital. She put her little finger up there and she said, I'm going to tell you what, you are giving her so much morphine that she's going to be addicted. That doctor said, he just took her little hand, sat down. He said, Miss Tenney, your daughter is as addicted as any crack addict on the street. And that's the least of your problems. She can have as much as she wants because she's not going to be here but a few more days. The time that our family went through was extremely traumatic. So if you're going through a traumatic time, I'm telling you I understand. I don't know that there's much of anything that you've walked through that I haven't. Steve and I are now going through a complete another traumatic time of something we never believed would happen. Our son-in-law walked in just a few weeks ago and said he was through with their marriage and walked off and left our daughter with the baby. I know what hurt is. I know what pain. 
pain feels like. I know what life will do to you. But I also know that there is a God that will sustain you. Just like he is sustaining the sun and the moon and the stars. And do you know in all of those trillions and millions of stars that are up there. Do you know scripture says he knows them by name. And if he knows all those trillion, gazillion, whatever it is, stars by name, honey, don't you think that he don't know your name, your address, your phone number, your kids' names, your grandkids' names, your aunt three removed? He knows because he cherishes you. So you may be walking through a black night, but there's somebody walking right there with you that is able to make it w- make your way clear, make your path easier. He will do it. He will do it. Doctors told me, they put me in a wheelchair. They said, Terry, don't even walk to the bathroom. Don't ever walk again. Because your bone structure will crumble. And there will be nothing we can do. Four years I've lived in hospitals. I've been given no hope. Steve and I had, I don't know, 30 or 40 doctors at that point that had looked at us and shook their heads and said, there's no hope. There's nothing we can do. Sent three different hospitals, ended up at Mayo Clinic. All of them, it was the same. There's no way out. No way out. But I've come to tell you, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. There's always victory to be claimed. What you have to do is get your eyes off the situation and get your eyes on the Savior because we look too much at our situations and we forget we've got a Savior that is as big as he told us this morning and we make our situations bigger than our God and then we lose perspective and then our faith dies and then we can't reach a miracle because we can't believe for it. Well, they had let me go home for a couple of days, and I was on so much medicine. My poor husband and my mother, they had those big calendars because I was on 30 or 40 different pills to try to sustain this and that and the other. And they would, you take this pill three times a day, and you take this one once a day, and you take this one once a week, and you take, it was a nightmare. And they're trying to keep track of it all so I could stay home for a few days. But it was time I had to go back for a bone scan because they did them every two weeks to watch the deterioration of my body. (laughs) This day was different. And as Paul Harvey said, (laughs) this is the rest of the story. (sighs) Steve was trying to get me out the door to go to the bone scan. The phone rang. And it was my old prophet mentor, T.W. Barnes, who had talked to me many, many times during my illness. He called that day, and he said, girl, something's changed. What's wrong? I said, well, Brother Barnes, all my bones are broken. I'm in a wheelchair. The pain is, I can't even describe. I'm trying to believe. I'm believing the word of God, but it's overwhelming me at this point. 
He said, oh, don't worry about that. Okay, I don't know what's happening in Louisiana, but in Arkansas, Brother Barnes, newsflash, sick, wheelchair, no hope. Don't worry about it, Terry. I said, do tell me why. (laughs) He said, this morning I was in prayer, and I was praying for you. And let me tell you something. This is the reason you need to stay connected to a church and a man of God. And always have somebody in authority over you that's watching out for you and praying for you. Because you will reach a time in your life where you're going to need help. (laughs) And then my help comes from the Lord. (laughs) And he said, I've been praying for you. And he said, I had visions this morning. I said, explain. And this is in the book that he did on healing. He said, Terry, in the first vision, I saw you standing, and I could see through you. And he said, I could see your bone structure. And he said, every bone in your body, he said, I don't know how to describe it, except it looked like a road map. He said, there were cracks in every bone in your body. And he said, I inquired of the Lord, and I said, God, what is wrong? And he said, all her bones have broken. And he said, I looked back at God, and I said, no, sir. (laughs) Because your word says that by your stripes that girl is healed. And he started quoting word right back to God. And he started interceding. And he said, I will not have it because I stand on faith. And faith tells me that that girl is well. And he said, all of a sudden, another vision opened up. And he said, Terry, I saw the exact same picture. I saw your skeleton. But he said, in that second vision, every bone in your body had come back into place. He said, now, girl, I'm going to tell you, I don't know when it's going to happen happen and I don't know how it's going to happen but it's going to happen and I have got news for you I am standing here today with not one bone in my body broken completely whole with no problems and God did it if he can put bones back together if he can mend a bone in my body there is nothing he will not do for you in this place today there's nothing impossible with God. And I could tell you story after story after story. I had to walk through six more years of healing after that bone miracle because my heart had been so damaged. Every organ in my body had been damaged. And I need to say this because we're fixing to pray. There are two ways God goes about these things. Sometimes he performs miracles. My bones coming back into place was an absolute miracle. It happened just like that. One time I went for a bone scan. They always called me or brought me the report, and it was always going downhill. Little old radiologist that hadn't been working with my case. (laughs) Miss Terry, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you your reports on your bone scan. Okay, what did they say? She said, oh, there's no problem. It's all just perfectly fine. See, I don't know about you, but when I hear a miracle, it just makes me want to dance because I know what God can do. (laughs) You can go ahead and play. I'm going to tell you this last little miracle because you've got to understand how big God is and how much he loves you. This had been 10 years I had been sick. (laughs) I was able to walk again. Things were doing a lot better. 
But I had a major problem. My liver was six times its normal size. And my liver literally distended out of my body like this. It made me so sick. I'd get up every morning and spend the first two or three hours in the bathroom on the floor. I could not function. We had done everything we could. Steve and I even had met with a transplant team to try to see if they could do something. Replace it. Give me hope. After they ran all the tests on my body and saw all the damage and saw everything that had ravaged my system, they came back to Steve and I and they said, we don't mean to be cruel. It's just not worth doing a transplant on somebody in this kind of shape. I was not worth it to a team of doctors. But I got news for you. I was worth it to the only one that really mattered. (laughs) Because sitting in a church service on the second row second seat over all of a sudden a preacher walked by and said I don't know if this is going to mean anything to you but I just saw a lightning bolt come and plant in your liver and God just spoke to me and said tell her I gave her a brand new liver and just like that I felt it in my body and I went back to the doctors and it was a hundred percent well if you need anything in this place today, I've got a God. <laughs> He's able. Please don't leave. Please don't anybody leave right now. We're not going to keep you long, but hang around. We're going to pray for several little groups of people. Boy, faith is loose in here right now. There is no telling what God's about to do. Hey, we have seen him disappear. Cancers, right up the road here, cancer that was hanging out of a woman's body, and her family was there. She was going to have it taken away Monday morning, Sunday night, God took it away. Kids went back home. There was no surgery. We have seen God heal eyes. We have seen God heal ears. We have, just in a service not too long ago in Kentucky, they came up and brought a young man to Terry and and said he got injured in a sporting event at school and he can't see out of one eye. Well, about this time in the service, he jumps up and says, I can see. So according to your faith, according to your faith. So here's just a little instruction. Let's do this first. If you've got a report or an illness or something wrong with you, 
physically that has no cure as far as man is concerned. You may be taking a treatment or taking a pill, or but, that, but you know, that's all the cancer stuff, blood stuff, lung stuff, heart stuff, whatever, diabetes, things that there is no cure for. And you want to believe that today Jesus can do for you what he did for Terry. Then I want you to get out and come down here real quick. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Woo! Every step is a step of faith. Here I come in Jesus' name. Hey, shandala moko shandala If you would please just stand shoulder to shoulder where we can get to you and it's not confusing. There you go. Come on down. Just line up across here. The great physician is here right now. Hey, here's what Terry and I have learned. We've learned, you can tell by the way we preach, we love responsive preaching and we love emotional preaching. And we like it loud. <laughs> but here's what I found out about God. He doesn't care about the volume. He doesn't care about the hype of me jumping and running or not. He just wants you to say, this is my day. And I am healed. Let the weary say, I'm, you know, let the sick say, let those that are down say, express with me, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. I'd like to ask you, please don't, don't leave. We're going to have another round or two of prayer. Now, if you're going to be in this prayer, come up now and get in it. I don't, I don't really like, if you come and have faith and come right now. And so God's going to really help us. Do you believe that he's going to do something up here right now? Pastor, you and your, you and your preaching staff, whoever that needs to be, come and help us. Here's the deal. It's just real simple. The Word of God declares that when two or three agree on earth, as touching any one thing, what? It'll be done unto them. Amen. So, sister, you and Terry and whoever the preaching, praying staff is here, and pastor, you guys, you're going to lift your hands and begin just telling the Lord you love him and that you believe his word today. Some preacher's going to come by and pray for you. That completes the circle of two or three. <laughs> Do it now in Jesus' name. Lift your hand and receive it. Come on through. Let's pray. Stay with us. Don't leave. God's going to do some other things in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the Word of God, touch this man's heart right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on down, blood pressure. Get on down. An answer to it now. In the name of Jesus. In the name that's above every name, my Father. Woo! In the name of Jesus. Release faith now. In the name of Jesus. 
dare to believe that by his stripes, by his stripes, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of God, healed now. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, la, 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 in the name of Jesus. From head to foot now, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Come on and believe the Lord. Everybody believe the Lord. Believe the Lord. Believe the Lord. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, wonderful Lord and Savior. Now in the name of Jesus. Now in the name of Jesus. E Listen, listen, I would not stop God's moving. I couldn't stop it if I wanted to. He, But if you'll just move this way and give me the middle right here. Don't go sit down. Just move over here out of the way and stay up here with me right now. But way over, way over. I need this space to pray for some people. So move it that way and stay up here with us. 
Just as a reminder, we're about to pray for another group of people that God's going to do great things for. I don't know where our lady is that's selling the books. I, oh, okay. If you want to stop by and do that, we normally don't do this. We didn't announce it earlier, but if you want to run everything that's on there, you can do that for $50. It's about 65 regular if you think that'll be a blessing to you. Now let's get that out of the way. Anybody in pain? Anybody got pain going on right now? Let me see your hand. Yeah? It don't matter if you're already up here. Pain people, get up here right now, right now. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Walk up here if you're in pain. Get right up here in front of me. Let's pray. Come on. Come on, if you raise your hand because you've got pain, get up here right now. Make it quick. The afflictions of pain are going to go because I love to pray for people that are in pain because you get to see an instant result. All right? Get ready for those joints to quit hurting. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. That migraine can go right now. Those joints that are hurting can go right now. That back that's full of pain can go right now. Right now. Hey, don't leave. We got one more prayer group, so don't leave. Hold on just a minute in Jesus' name. I rebuke the pain now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, pain has got to go. In the name of Jesus, pain has got to go. Pain has got to go. I rebuke pain. I rebuke it in the name of Koshandalaha. Hekayayaya. Oh, yeah, it's healing day. It's healing day. Give it a shot. In the name of Jesus, pain, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. In Jesus' name. Tada. Hekayayaya. He should not be in this kind of pain. I rebuke it now in Jesus' name. Uh In the name of Jesus. Pain, get out of here. Pain, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, how he loves us. Are you praying with her or are you looking at the pain? Oh. 
Hallelujah. Loosed in the name of Jesus. Loosed in the miracle right now in the name of Jesus. Wonderful Redeemer of my soul. Praise God. Praise God. Oh. In the name of Jesus. Head to foot right now. Take it away. Deal with it now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's do one more round of prayer and then we're going to go. You guys stay up here with us, but just give us some space right here. Just move off there and give us the middle here where we can pray for some people. Either way, either way, but just go to your left or your right. There you go. Boy, there's faith to believe for anything here today. Wow, I don't really know how to say this one because it's just what I feel, Pastor. If you're having trouble with your mind, now, I don't mean you're headed for a padded cell yet, but I just mean that you can't sleep, panic attacks. So frustrated with life that you're daily fighting depression and worry. Your life has become something negative that you didn't want it to be. You love God. You're a child of God. But you need to break a chain this morning and become overcoming in the power of your mind. Whew. I don't mean your backslid. It just means you need a faith boost this morning. Get on up here quick. I saw a bunch of you, so get on up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get shoulder to shoulder and throw your hands up. Yep. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> do you know do you know the song about breaking chains break every chain break every yeah let's sing that because satan has for too long chained up your mind and made you think you were invaluable and that you weren't worth anything in the kingdom of god or to yourself some abuser messed up your mind and messed up your life and messed up your body. But in Jesus' name, we're about to shake every chain loose. We're about to kick it away from us, back to hell where it came from. We're about to take authority over the power of the mind right now. Lift your hands to Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
depression and worry and fear. Get out now in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Break the chains of darkness and dominion. Hey, loosed from it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Loose from it in Jesus' name. Loose from it in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the Word of God. Authority in the name of Jesus. A clean sweep now in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 In the sweet name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! Show Koriandalaha. Yeah, come on. Come on. Push it on through. Yeah, yeah. 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 Throw that chain down. Throw that chain down. Hey, Yanabosha. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Hey, Come on and be loose from it now in Jesus' name. Rejoice like the daughter you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Rejoice like the son that you are. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now in the name of the Lord be loosed from it. Yeah. Break every chain. 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 Woo! Yeah. Break every chain. Loose from it now. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Loose by the authority of the Word of God. Hey! In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus. Loose by the authority of God's words. Hallelujah! Every chain. Every chain, every chain, every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. In the name of Jesus. Loosed in the name of the Lord. No, 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 no,
In the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to her. Now in the name of Jesus. Now in the name of Jesus. Now, by the authority of the Word of God, oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, yeah.